Well, welcome to Ask Your Ab Doctor. Uh, here we go again, third Friday of the month. Uh, I was just thinking about it on the drive-in, and uh, I think it's 13 years. <laughs> that's, been, that's flashed by pretty quick. So I think we've been doing this for 13 years now. And uh, as always, we've got some uh, interesting information that is uh, probably not uh, frequently talked about, and a lot of the science and information behind it has been buried and uh, there is definitely a conspiracy that we are in the process of uncovering. Um, so once again, you're listening to Ask Your Ab Dr. K. Medigarbable, 91.1 FM. Uh, and from 7.30 till the end of the show at 8 o'clock, uh, callers are invited to call in with any questions, uh, either related or unrelated to this month's uh, continuing subject of Carla Rothenberg's, Dr. Rothenberg's um, thesis on the estrogen industry and how um, the benefits of progesterone were suppressed and the cancer causing progestogens and uh, estrogens uh, were hidden in plain sight. And uh, there is certainly collusion between the pharmaceutical companies, uh, government lobbyists, uh, Big Pharma obviously making a lot of money from um, estrogen sales and hormone replacement therapies, and uh, lots of evidence and uh, research done, as well as trials, to show that uh, progesterone was extremely safe and was actually anti-cancer. Well, guess what, folks? It's on uh, estrogen and some of the uh, estriols and some of those other compounds are on the Prop 65 list now. And this month's talk, I wanted also to include the Prop 65 information. Um, a lot of people in California have probably been made aware of it uh, just because the increasing uh, notifications that are on dietary supplements and products, food products, um, are coming with warnings about um, Prop 65 components, uh, to be found within that food or that dietary supplement. Um, and a lot of it actually is very fear-mongering where supplement companies are doing this just to cover their backs because the legislator and the legislature is very much moving in this kind of draconian way, uh, very much like a uh, complete uh, sewn-up um, industry, if you like, that's basically part of a, a, a kind of one-world approach to the way we live. Um, Dr. Pete will be joining us, and uh, we're very pleased to have his expert knowledge. He's actually a, quite a professional uh, professor, if you like, of um, progesterone and estrogen and other hormones, having done his dissertation on reproductive biology or his, um, his uh, graduate studies. Um, so uh, we're very pleased to have uh, Dr. Raymond Pete with you. And Dr. Pete, are you with us? Yes, hi. Well, thanks so much for joining us, Dr. Pete. Um, I know there'll be gaps in and out of the show uh, this hour uh, for the pledge drive, um, but um, can I just, I just wanted to um, get you to tell people about your professional and academic background because there are, you know, surprisingly, some people who've never heard of you and uh, who may have tuned in for the first time, so it's always good to give them up to speed about um, what you've been doing for the last 50 years. Um, before I decided to study biology full-time, uh, I was a, a teacher of English lit and uh, several other subjects of uh, painting and such. But uh, by the time I, I was um, approaching 30, I decided to get, get uh, serious and uh, study uh, biology because I had been interested in it for a long time and postponed studying it because I, I thought that... Uh, uh, there were ulterior motives, uh, and uh, I didn't want to uh, uh, start uh, immediately fighting the system until I had uh, figured out more about 
how graduate schools work and uh, how to find my way through a four-year program. Uh, I, I intended to study uh, brain biology at, at first, 1968, when I enrolled as a graduate student at the University of Oregon. And uh, very quickly, within a few weeks, I, I saw that my major uh, brain biology professor uh, was very doctrinaire and uh, used phrases such as, we threw out the bad evidence. <laughs> and uh, Cherry-picking, huh? <laughs> it, it, it seemed like a, really an ideological indoctrination program. So I looked around all the different departments and found that the other end of the organism, the reproductive people, were actually uh, doing observational uh, analytical science. Mm. And uh, uh, so I shifted uh, from from the brain concentration to the reproductive system. And uh, uh, very quickly I was seeing things that uh, they were counter to the textbook doctrines uh, about estrogen being a fertility drug, for example. Right. And uh, my, my professor, years and years before, uh, showed that estrogen was an abortifacient, and his professor before had uh, been one of the earliest people showing that uh, estrogen uh, created abortions and miscarriages. Uh, that was discovered in the 1930s. Uh, but uh, as I started studying the, the metabolism of the uterus, uh, I saw that estrogen impaired the metabolic efficiency of the uterus, making it impossible for uh, the, the um, embryo to survive if the uh, tissue was dominated by estrogen rather than progesterone. Uh, it was a matter of oxygen delivery to the tissue. Um, so uh, by finding the right uh, professor and people to oversee my dissertation, I got through the program uh, while uh, contradicting all of the medical textbook opinions. Awesome. Okay, I wanted to <clears throat> excuse me. I wanted to outline a few things, and I'll try and get through. Um, if people wanted to contact me at any point in time, um, I'd be happy to pass them uh, a PDF version of the thesis that Dr. Rosenberg wrote uh, when she was refuting the estrogen industry's claims about how beneficial it was and exposing, exposing how dangerous it was and the uh, skewed methodology used within the research. And that, as you mentioned, uh, was a very much a cherry-picking type of uh, situation where the good evidence, or rather the bad evidence, wasn't uh, promoted, and only the positive things that they wanted to see came out in the uh, in the papers. <clears throat> you've uh, you've always promoted um, progesterone. Um, as a progestational com compound, and that's very much where its, uh, its name comes from. And estrogen, you've always um, talked about um, as being carcinogenic, uh, inflammatory, uh, promoting uh, all those kind of uh, weak cell states and decreased cell energy that would be associated with uh, cancers or other inflammatory processes where the cell's structural integrity as well as its energetic level is decreased uh, because the compound itself is an inflammatory compound. Um, so within, uh, within Dr. Rothenberg's papers, 
Uh, she outlined many different instances where data was skewed, uh, the, the science was not done properly, uh, it was certainly wasn't reproducible in many instances, and that was a tenet of a lot of uh, what was happening and should still be happening in good science is that it should always be reproducible. You should be able to give the methodology to anybody and they should be able to reproduce the same results, and that's the basis of all good science is that uh, it's open and transparent. Um, so in terms of um, the, the, the the misnomers, I think, with... Uh, the gestational hormones, uh, you're certainly an expert in that having uh, done your graduate studies uh, on these hormones and uh, having looked at uh, progesterone, especially as a kind of anti-aging um, compound. Um, would you say a little bit about progesterone's um, anti-aging effects in terms of its you know, cell-stabilizing effects or uh, other effects that you could attribute to an anti-aging situation? Yeah, in, in studying the effects of, of estrogen and aging on the uterus, I, I saw that the same changes that occurred in old animals in the uterus could be produced immediately just by overdosing them on estrogen. Hmm. And my professor had previously found that a vitamin E deficiency would create the same conditions and others had found that an excess of polyunsaturated fatty acids uh, created very similar conditions. Uh, vitamin E was uh, around 1935 to 40 was known as the fertility vitamin. Hmm. And uh, uh, some Italian researchers in the 40s uh, called vitamin E the uh, progesterone uh, protective vitamin. Uh, they saw that both progesterone and vitamin E uh, were preserving fertility, while estrogen uh, or polyunsaturated fats were seen to create a very quick miscarriage. Uh, uh, my professor showed that uh, at any stage of pregnancy, uh, if you adjusted the dose of estrogen, you could create miscarriage, <clears throat> uh, death of the fetus, uh, and uh, in animals, uh, very often resorption rather than right. uh, expulsion of, of the embryo, uh, just by, uh, accord, according to the stage of pregnancy, uh, he would give uh, an increased amount of estrogen and it would kill the, wow. the, the developing embryos. And this may be quite interesting for women out there who are perhaps just realized they're pregnant and or who may have previously had miscarriage. I know, Dr. Pete, you are, uh, and we've done it countless times with people, and I've seen the evidence myself. Uh, for women who are in danger of miscarrying, um, progesterone is certainly... Uh, a savior for saving a pregnancy and preventing miscarriage until such a time as the placenta can carry on supplying the natural uh, progesterone that is uh, a thousandfold background levels when you're not pregnant. So that again, that's the complete um, support for progesterone as supporting uh, gestation and uh, what you've mentioned about estrogen actually causing abortion uh, should make women think an awful lot about estrogen replacement therapy. I know hopefully and rightfully so, the whole hormone replacement therapy uh, bandwagon has been getting a good beating um, because of the countless women who probably have caused, uh, countless women who probably gotten cancer from it, not to mention uh, the uh, bone weakening effects of uh, estrogen. And all of these things are 
supposedly the exact opposite of what the industry would tell us about estrogen. So what, do you, what have you got to say about um, progesterone supplementation during the early part of pregnancy, for example, um, if a woman is um, either high estrogen and low progesterone and is showing some kind of um, trauma symptoms like some spotting during the early part of pregnancy, which might precipitate a, uh, an abortion, a, uh, sorry, a miscarriage? In the 1930s and 40s, uh, both thyroid hormone and progesterone were recognized as the fertility protective uh, uh, chemicals. Uh, and uh, uh, progesterone was uh, widely prescribed uh, to if a woman was uh, starting to bleed mm -hmm. uh, during the early months of pregnancy, uh, uh, just a, a few doses of progesterone would uh, prevent that and uh, make the pregnancy turn out uh, normal, even if it wasn't continued. Uh, thyroid was, uh, for a long time, considered to be the, the main fertility chemical for both men and women. <laughs> but wow. then in the 1940s, after the estrogen industry had uh, created the the consortium and conspiracy that Karl Rothenberg wrote about, uh, the um, similar things were happening to the thyroid industry and uh, the same uh, companies that made uh, estrogen were selling progesterone. And since progesterone countered the effects of estrogen, uh, they suppressed their own uh, promotion of, of progesterone and started selling something that uh, would uh, be compatible with uh, their sales of estrogen. And uh, to suppress the, uh, the importance of using progesterone, I think it was 1946 or 47 that I saw the, the publication declare that progesterone, the natural substance, is destroyed by stomach acid. And uh, this one... Uh, mention in a, a medical journal had no supporting reference, no explanation. They just said stomach acid is harsh stuff and it'll destroy progesterone. But it turns out that to make progesterone, you, you purify the substance, including stages in which it's boiled in concentrated acid uh, to remove the other things. Progesterone is intensely resistant to a breakdown by things in the stomach, so it works fine taken orally. But uh, they created the myth among doctors that you can't take it orally, so they sold a new chemical, which they called a progestin, right. that would... Uh, it sounds like progesterone, but it wasn't. Have, yeah, yeah, and yeah. It, in fact, it became a component to use with estrogen in the birth control pills because it prevents gestation. Right. Anti-progesterogenic. Anti yeah, they're anti-progestational, yeah. but they're ca categorized yeah. with uh, approval of the FDA oh in the same category as progesterone. Yeah. Uh, so that has tainted the understanding of progesterone because it Absolutely. is classified yeah. in the anti-progesterone anti class. Yeah. And a, a similar thing happened uh, with thyroid. Uh, the um, synthetic uh, products uh, displaced the natural thyroid products and uh, uh, 
the, the whole thing that uh, thyroid creates fertility by lowering estrogen and increasing progesterone. That whole principle was suppressed and forgotten now for 70 years. It's, it's, I was going to say it's unbelievable, but it's not. Um, I'm, I get pretty uh, pretty hardened um, to these kind of uh, situations where previously I would have just shook my head in disbelief and would have just walked off. And But now, it's, it's so much of it makes so much sense. Uh, when you look back at the history of where we came from to where we are now, I think that's the thing with a lot of human life and experience. And um, where the, the old tenet uh, came out that um, those um, who forget the past are doomed to repeat it. And so history is so important. And a lot of people uh, really don't know the background history, not just of the you know things like uh, chemical research and where drugs came from, but even our own history. Where we where we uh, where we came from as a people uh, lays a foundation for so many things that are um, part of our culture or part of our awareness or just part of in, innate um, knowledge, and so uh, it's very important for people to do background reading because unfortunately it's a little bit like the Chinese lie. You know, when it's whispered to one person, the people the person at the end of the chain has a very different uh, sentence to repeat than the person who first started the sentence, and so. Um, these um, small amounts of error uh, increasingly compound that you find something is unrecognizable uh, sometime or some generations down the road. So uh, what we've uh, mentioned here briefly here that um, progesterone is an extremely beneficial beneficial gestational hormone has certainly, certainly been used to save a lot of women from getting abortion. Um, estrogen, uh, which we've always been brainwashed to believe is a female hormone that females need, is actually really not very useful at all. And I've I kind of gotten used to quoting uh, what I think for me helps me understand estrogen. Um, but you tell me if this is if this is how you would de- describe it, and maybe you have other terms for it. But um, when I tell or we're consulting with um, women about um, whether it's pregnancy or fertility or whatever it is, and you know whether it's stress and inflammation, and uh, I come to the subject of estrogen, I tell them typically that it's only really useful uh, for implantation because of the infl- inflammation that's caused. Um, but do you do you have any other kind of one sentence or one paragraph term for how you would describe estrogen? I, I think that's a, a good description. It, it stimulates cell vision uh, during a period of about twelve hours. Once a month, it, it surges yeah. and dominates yeah. and is concentrated in the pituitary, the breasts, and the uterus. And it, it uh, prepares those for pregnancy by creating a wave of, of cell division. But the function of progesterone is to come in at a, a hundred times the concentration or right. even higher yeah. uh, to knock out, destroy the progesterone or the estrogen-binding chemical to uh, destroy the, uh, the influence of estrogen so that the cells stop dividing and start maturing. Because yeah. it is totally progesterone that sustains a pregnancy. And like you said, it's a hundred times or more about background physiological levels that give women that glowing skin and, and uh, the kind of freedom from any acne they might have had before, uh, as well as the hair that's growing beautifully and it's silky and the nails and everything that's flourishing and blossoming in a woman when you look at a pregnant lady and you go wow she looks really healthy she looks beautiful you know that's a glow of progesterone isn't it 
Yeah. Okay, so uh, I never even mentioned the uh, three nine nine two three three nine one one number or the eight hundred KMUD RAD number for people to call in from seven thirty on, and someone's already called in. So I think it's uh, possibly a, uh, uh, a a loyal fan, maybe. Well, let's just take this first caller. Uh, call away from. Well, I'm going to kick in and say, hey, I know there's a lot of loyal fans out there, and you want to keep Doctor Pete on the air. Our finances aren't that great. Please join KMUD and keep. Keep alternative views on the air because you don't hear Dr. Pete anywhere else. That's right. Well, are, you know, are we still rebroadcast this show, rebroadcast somewhere else? Uh, you know what? Several other stations pick it up. Um, awesome. There's a lot of people posting it on YouTube now, so they'll pull it straight off the KMUD website and they'll put it up on YouTube. Well, wherever you are, support your local yeah. alternative media and support KMUD. Otherwise, it wouldn't media. be there for you to do it. Absolutely. Yeah. So here we are. Okay, caller, you're on the air. Where are you from? Um, London, Ontario, Canada. Uganda? You know, Canada. Oh, Canada. I was going to say, we've never had anyone from Africa. All right, awesome. But Canada's, Canada's quite a way away, too. So go ahead. What's your question? Uh, yeah. Uh, first of all, I'd like to thank you very much for what you're doing, especially Dr. Pete, with his wisdom. He's literally saved my life, I think. And I just wanted to ask a few Good. questions, just quick ones here. Uh, go ahead, yeah. I was reading uh, his newsletter, Heart Hormones, and in there, he quotes the simplicity of things such as supplementing thyroid, progesterone, sugar, avoiding excess phosphate in relation to calcium, and avoiding polysaturated fats makes it possible for people to take action without depending on the medical system. Mm-hmm. And this is exactly what I had to do when I had this, my heart issue. And I, I, I think it literally pulled me out of the problems I had. But in, I was trying to get some clarification about... Um, Progesterone, how much do you use? Is it a good idea to put it around the heart area? Or, and I'm, I suppose that was a little bit of a tricky thing. I don't know, but being a male, right. it's difficult yeah. to guess that's, how much you would use there. Yeah. That's, that's one of the only caveats. But, Dr. Pete, I'll let you answer that. Uh, did you hear uh, the question clearly? Or? Um, a few words were popped out, but I think I got the point. That, um, I've used progesterone myself on and off for about 40 or 45 years. <clears throat> And I've I found that at times only 10 milligrams per day was enough to stop my whiskers growing temporarily and act as an anti-testosterone. But uh, other times uh, I can uh, take five or 10 milligrams, and it seems to increase my my testosterone, and uh, my whiskers don't slow down. And people have told me that they uh, have a similar effect. Uh, usually it's people over 55 or so who have the uh, pro-androgen effect when they take 10 or 20 milligrams of progesterone. But if a person has, uh, for example, heart failure, uh, I think it's, uh, or, or other uh, fairly intense things for migraine or epilepsy, for example, uh, I've used uh, as much as 100 or 150 milligrams in one dose for a migraine, and it stopped it within about a minute, and you get a very sudden effect strengthening your heart, for example, if you're having heart failure, when you take a good, strong dose like that. But it depends on the situation and your own hormone balance. You can, the same way a woman would, you can take five milligrams, wait 15 minutes, if, if you feel the 
desired effect, repeat it, just keep taking five or ten milligrams at a time until, uh, for example, I, I when I'm under stress, sometimes have bulgy veins on the backs of my hands and wrists, and either a, a big glass of very sweet orange juice or sugar and milk or a dollop of progesterone will make the veins tone up, and um, I don't uh, have um, any varicose veins in my feet and so on, uh, which I was starting to get 45 years ago, but uh, the occasional use of progesterone has uh, made all of the visible blood vessels in my feet disappear. Yeah, you see me taking them orally. Yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm sure he's using uh, oral uh, yeah. form. Oh, and the other issue is I have high calcium and high triglycerides. Is that much of a concern? Uh, yeah, those are produced under stress. And uh, so keeping the intestine uh, uninflamed, avoiding uh, raw or undercooked vegetables and grains, for example, uh, sometimes is all it takes. Uh, increasing the movement through the intestine by uh, increasing the fiber content of your food, raw carrot or cooked bamboo shoots or cooked mushrooms, for example, can uh, lower the, uh, the stress hormones uh, by cleaning out your intestine, preventing reabsorption of estrogen and cortisol uh, from the intestine. Okay. Uh, yeah, the question I had was uh, water, swelling, tension, and pain and fatigue. That's the article. In there, you mentioned OBON modulates the mod, uh, metabolism of the heart, stimulates the sub. No, sorry, you don't mention that. That was somewhere else I read. But you say darkness and hypothyroidism both reduce the activity of cytochrome oxidase, making cells more susceptible to stress, a promoter of excitotoxicity. OBON or lack of salt can function as an equivalent as darkness. So I assume this OBAN, which is uh, a strafotus gratis, some kind of a herb, um, which uh, I was thinking of using, but it's not a good thing to use. Uh, what was the herb? It, it's uh, spelled as O-U-A-B-A-I-N. Ubain. Yeah. Huh. Oh, oh, oh. No, that, I think that's too... too it's, Similar to uh, digitalis, which yeah. it, in the right dose, it can be protective, but progesterone and DHEA are the body's natural hormone equivalents, of, and uh, they don't have the, the risk that you uh, run if you're taking a, a, an unmonitored uh, Wabin or, or oh. digitalis. And then you said lack of salt. Um, um, I, I have well, an issue with that. I have slight swelling on my feet, and I can eat salt uh, to taste, but if I go any more than that, I get my blood pressure goes up a bit. Um, uh, uh, the, besides, uh, salt is just one of the things that will lower the um, aldosterone and that whole system that uh, controls blood pressure. Uh, progesterone is the body's natural antagonist to aldosterone, uh, so progesterone and thyroid make you retain your sodium so you don't have to uh, eat a lot of it. Uh, but vitamin D and calcium are the other very powerful controlling factors for keeping aldosterone down. 
Okay, so the, the swelling in the feet is just basically salt not being used properly. I didn't hear yeah, that. Yeah, I didn't hear that either. A swelling of the feet? Yeah. It's not the salt not being used properly? Uh, did you say the swelling of the feet is is the salt not being used properly? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, oh um, uh, yeah, uh, the, um, if something is driving your aldosterone abnormally high, such as a deficiency of progesterone, uh, then the combination of high aldosterone and high salt intake will increase your blood pressure. But when your thyroid and vitamin D and calcium intake are good, that will hold down your uh, aldosterone and progesterone uh, antagonizes the effects of aldosterone. So that combination, vitamin D, calcium, thyroid, and progesterone are the basic uh, anti-aldosterone system and the uh, blood pressure regulating system uh, apart from sodium. That's pretty much there. Oh, I do. I, I have high high calcium according to my tests. Um, yeah, the, the high calcium level in the serum is a pretty good indication uh, in most people that you're not eating enough calcium or not having enough vitamin D, not enough sunlight. Uh, a vitamin D deficiency will very often cause your parathyroid hormone to rise to the point that it uh, takes calcium out of your bones and increases the serum calcium. So taking uh, a, a good supplement, getting your serum vitamin D level up to 50 nanograms per uh, 50 uh, yeah, nanograms per milliliter uh, and taking in at least 1,000 milligrams of uh, calcium per day will generally lower your serum calcium to normal by lowering the parathyroid hormone. Okay, I was eating some eggshells and I was eating a lot of cheese and I still, so I need to add some uh, vitamin D then more. Yeah, it could be, it could be that you're, I, I do say, talk to people uh, in Canada that have low vitamin D. I think just being that far north, uh, you certainly get less uh, daylight, um, well, less sun exposure yeah. uh, than you do in more temperate regions. So uh, vitamin D supplementation is always good to get your blood tested for vitamin D because you may well find you've got a low level you didn't even know about. Yeah, okay, no, that's pretty good. That's, that's a good idea. So, uh, thank you so well, much. You're, you're very welcome. Well, thanks for tuning in. Um, I'll put the number out there for people that are listening. Uh, anybody wants to call in to ask Dr. Pete any questions about this month's subject of an ongoing situation with the uh, promotion uh, of estrogen at the expense of the beneficial hormone progesterone um, the number here is 923-3911 that's in the 707 area code or if you're outside the area code there's an 800 number which is 1-800-568-3723 which is 1-800-KMUD-RAD and Dr. P, I don't know how much we're going to get through this, but that's usually the way. There's lots and lots that I wanted to try and get done, but we'll have to do this uh, not next month, but the month after. I wanted to um, get into a little bit about some of the uh, studies that were used to put 
progesterone on the uh, California Prop 65 list uh, as a compound or agent known to the state of good old California uh, to cause cancer. Um, a funny thing about this whole Prop 65 list, uh, there's... 986 chemicals on the list as of January 2017. But I find the strangest part of all of it is that it only applies if the product on that list is being put in your mouth. Um, so presumably, um, if you're putting something on your skin that's on the Prop 65 list, you don't actually have to worry about it, either from the legislation and uh, from the uh, litigation. Um, and uh, like I said at the beginning of the show, um, more and more products I see on supplement shelves have this little sticker, you know, Prop 65 warning known to the state of California to cause cancer. It's just become like a little, a little plague. <laughs> if you look around the store shelves, you see bottles with all these little stickers on them, and it's all because of Prop 65. And uh, I wanted to get into Prop 65, but obviously wanted to make sure we get as many people aware of the whole estrogen conspiracy as we can, uh, either because they're listening to the show now or they can download this uh, show from KMUD's website at any point after the show in the audio archive list. Uh, and also people can go to YouTube uh, and find the same shows uh, on YouTube and or picked up by other radio stations and other people who want to uh, repeat this. Uh, so anyway, uh, if we get callers, the number is 933911. If there's an 800 number you want to use, it's 1-800-KMUD-RAD. And don't forget, folks, uh, you wouldn't be hearing this if it wasn't a free radio station, perhaps. I think some of the things that are brought out on this radio station, just not, this, not, just not my program, but uh, other programs, are definitely alternative. And uh, we've got to live in an alternative world that has alternatives available to people otherwise it becomes a complete dominated uh, system where there is no choice and I think more so than ever the medical industry is recognizing the uh, both the power uh, in the actuality of results as well as a financial uh, control um, that um, natural products have you know they there's a it's a huge multi-billion dollar market and that's because people are just tired of being given one alternative which is the chemical which is the product that gets pulled off the shelf you know two or three years later after it's killed a lot of people and, and there's just more and more and more chemicals being added to the list every day that we have no idea really what they're doing they've not been tested properly um to the fact that they've gone through clinical trials really doesn't mean that much because when you look at the results and this is what we're talking about with the uh, whole mistake of putting progesterone on the cow prop 65 list is that the research really has not been done and um, you know, parts of it have been skewed and buried in favour of promoting something that drug industries are very keen to maintain the status quo of. So uh, I wanted just to break out a little bit, Dr. Pete, about, because uh, uh, this is another specialism of yours, the, veg the subject of vegetable oils, um, that the, um, the spontaneous cancers they've shown uh, increase in proportion to the quantity of polyunsaturated fat, especially linoleic acid in the diet. And by the end of the 60s, the carcinogenicity of vegetable oils, or at least their co-carcinogenicity or tumour-promoting effects, have become widely known. And one of the World Health Organization's own publications observed that progesterone carcinogenicity studies using vegetable oil as the carrier couldn't be recognised as valid. And they were using and they may well still do, um, using sesame oil, peanut oil, corn oil, and then they turned to cyclodextrin, which had its own problems. Um, and the, throughout the paper, Carla Rothenberg points out the fact that these, there was this kind of 
tumorigenesis um, injection site inflammation that was occurring um, because of the localized inflammatory and pro-carcinogenic effects of the vegetable oils. Uh, I know you've spoken for decades about the um, uh, dangers of liquid oils and how thyroid suppressive they are, but obviously they obviously have uh, another directly carcinogenic effect too. Um, Yeah, it was around 1970 when it was finally becoming too public that that, uh, linoleic acid was carcinogenic uh, to uh, keep promoting it as the uh, heart protective hat because it caused heart disease as well as cancer. And that was when the the fish oil industry, the, the Environmental Protection Agency, was pressuring them to stop polluting, throwing fish fat and fish heads and fish skins uh-huh. in uh, the coastal waters and nearby landfills. And uh, the, the carcinogenicity of the vegetable oils uh, was... Uh, an opportunity for them to say, well, here's another essential fatty acid, so-called, uh, that isn't linoleic acid. So uh, uh, that whole uh, promotion of the uh, fish oils as the alternative, uh, supposedly less carcinogenic uh, essential fatty acid uh, grew up. Uh, but uh, the, um, the, the around 1970 was a turning point uh, for for the essential fat mythology and and for the estrogen progesterone uh, industries, uh, the, the the Carla, Carla Rothenberg uh, points out uh, some of the main phases of conspiracy. For example, in the 1940s, it was the uh, George and Olive Smith uh, professors at uh, Harvard uh, who uh, promoted the DES use during pregnancy and created the, the epidemic of uh, mm-hmm. cervical cancer in the daughters of the women who had it, and even in the granddaughters of those women. Yeah. Uh, then uh, the, uh, the birth control uh, industry uh, created a, a new uh, definition of, of the progestins and, and progesterone uh, was identified with the anti-progestins uh, used in contraception. And okay. in the 1960s, uh, the, the, the three major uh, estrogen industries, uh, in total, they gave $1.3 million, which in 1960s was mm-hmm. a lot of money, yeah. to uh, Robert Wilson and his foundation. Uh, he wrote Feminine Forever, a book uh, really just um, a, an accumulation of, of lying uh, claims that, that estrogen keeps you young and, and that menopause uh, consists of the loss of, of estrogen when, in fact, uh, the, the first uh, signs of menopause uh, involve the failure to produce the surge of progesterone right. at around ovulation, leaving estrogen unopposed so uh, the onset of menopause really is the onset of uh, estrogen uh, dominance. dominance yeah let me hold you there for a second dr Pete, because we do have another caller on the air. i want to make sure they get their uh, question into you okay uh, caller you're on the air where are you from 
Hi, you're on the air. Wait, 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 from. Yeah, I'm, I'm Stephen. I'm local here. Okay. And, uh, yeah, it's just interesting to hear. Here, I like your guys' show, and I'm always, you know, and and uh, yeah, I think I think uh, yeah, it's really good to tell people about the history of how the whole uh, birth control pills and how the, the, the that became a became an issue. You're covering it really well, um, and I, I hope that at some point you'll you'll go into the the, uh, what do they call that, cryptoestrogenic effects and things like fire retardants and stuff mm-hmm. like that. that yeah, we've done definitely done programs on it, on bisphenol A in the past. Sizes. Hello? Yeah, I can hear you. I, I said we've, okay. we, we've definitely I can barely, covered... I can barely hear you, but... Okay, yeah, we've definitely covered things like bisphenol A and uh, environmental estrogen mimics that certainly yes. have that estrogen yes, exactly. uh, and hormone-disrupting effect. Oh, okay. Well, I, I probably missed that point. Then. All right. Well, I'll let you go then because I, I got a bad connection. But thank okay. you, thank you for presenting this information. Okay, you're really welcome. Like the show. <laughs> Take care. Yep, that's what it's all about. Um, uh, following following the support for uh, Robert Wilson's book, uh, there was a huge increase in sales of of progesterone, hmm. such as pre- uh, Premarin yep. and uh, other uh, not not progesterone of estrogen, estrogen right. and Premarin especially. Yep. Uh, the number of prescriptions for estrogens uh, between 1970 and 75 quadrupled, largely because of that promotion of, of Robert Wilson's yeah. phony, phony claims about uh, estrogen-preserving youth. And the, um, the consequence of uh, that tremendous surge between 1970 and 76, in those years... The um, incidence of metastatic breast cancer in very young women between the ages of 25 and 39 uh, began to increase steadily every year. And by the year 2009, that age group had experienced a threefold increase in metastatic breast cancer. other things, environmental estrogens and obesity and other things probably contributed to it. But um, that great surge of, of the use of estrogen uh, was probably the, the main cause. And uh, we're, we're still seeing the, um, the increased, uh, drastic uh, increase of metastatic cancer in young women where it never used to occur. And in the 1930s and 40s, animal experimenters were seeing that estrogen is not only carcinogenic to the uterus and breast, but the next most sensitive tissue is the lung. The kidneys and brain and other organs are also caused to develop tumors and then cancer, but the lungs are the next most sensitive. And if you look at the uh, incidence of lung cancer in men, it was dropping off by uh, the 1970s when women were starting to use more estrogen. And the uh, female incidence of lung cancer took off at the same time breast cancer in young women took off. And the curve is very similar for lung cancer and young women's metastatic breast cancer. And uh, it has continued to rise. Uh, it's uh, 
rising more slowly in the last uh, 10 years, but uh, still it, it shows that tremendous increase in exposure to estrogens. Yeah. Yeah, well, that's uh, all part of the the reason for doing this show and uh, on this subject and other subjects is just to make people aware um, that, as we've always said, you know, the truth is out there if you're just willing to open your eyes, uh, not stare at the TV, go uh, get your head in some research and start looking at it yourself. You'll soon find there's uh, plenty of patterns out there for people to live a better life and avoid those things that they've been told are good for them uh, and to start listening to people like you who are espousing the truth from a point of altruism, you know, and um, just uh, crying out from the top of the hills. Uh, well, Dr. Pete, listen, I've got uh, a few other things I want to make people aware of, uh, and it is eight minutes to uh, eight here, so we probably better wrap this show up for tonight, but I do thank you so much for your time. Okay, thank you. Okay, so for people that have uh, either called in tonight or have just listened to the show, um, Dr. Raymond Pete, uh, he's been... He's been working on this kind of thing for 40-plus 40, 40 years, and he's certainly published uh, a lot of uh, reports, and he's written several books. Um, he's written hundreds and hundreds of newsletters, and they're all fully referenced. And um, he's not hes not in the process of selling you anything, so he's uh, very much um, an altruistic-type uh, researcher who, having gone through the whole process of uh, brainwashing, if you like, from the industry that was controlled uh, realized that there was a lot of um, uh, a lot of problems within the academic uh, institutions to maintain the role and the job by the professor. I uh, had to defend this or that, and had to take a, a positive stance towards you know chemical companies, etc. If he was doing uh, research or microbiology using certain chemicals, and so the whole indoctrination of education uh, leads us to where we are now, where we are told what we're told by vested interests. And so, never underestimate the uh, the powers that are at work in the world. You know, are not necessarily looking at your best interests. Um, so it's always good to find out uh, impartial third-party advice and definitely to look at research articles yourself um, that will spell out clearly what's being done. And you can certainly, uh, without too much um, science, um, see see the truth out there. It's not, it's not difficult. You really just have to go look for it. But anyway, that's what this program is all about, is just bringing some of these subjects to light so that in layman's terms we can uh, turn people on to what it is uh, we're saying and then you can go uh, elsewhere and find more information out about it. Well, I think we've probably um, gotten to the end of the estrogen-progesterone debate, but uh, I really wanted to bring out the whole California Prop 65 subject. Um, it's a fairly big subject, and unfortunately it's got a lot of uh, twists and curves, and it's a big old rabbit hole with uh, things, like I said at the beginning of the show, that they're on the Prop 65 list, but if you don't put it in your mouth... It doesn't have to be uh, adhered to. You, know, the, you can find these things in the, on the shelves and nothing has to be said about it. But what, I, what I'm telling you now is that you will find an increasing amount of litigation um, as we move forward in time and uh, you know the chips come down. Uh, you'll certainly start to see more and more of a push towards uh, providing litigation services and lawsuits against companies uh, that are putting products, whether they're natural or chemical products into a container that is to be used for food that uh, the, where the compound is uh, a Prop 65 compound. I just wanted to quickly tell you some of the Prop 65 compounds that uh, you may or may not know are on the list. Aspirin. For those of you who want to avoid the liver toxic ibuprofen, 
Uh, aspirin's a known anti-cancer substance, and it's very inexpensive to make, and it's not patentable. Now, ethanol in alcoholic beverages, for those who enjoy cold beer or a glass of wine or tequila at the end of the workday, it's got ma- many positive benefits in moderation, but it's on the Prop 65 list. Now, how about wood dust? It's also listed for all of you creative woodworkers out there. Then there's marijuana smoke. For those who like to partake, how about that, folks? Marijuana smoke is on the Prop 65 list. Is this the smoke from burning the herb, or probably why the industry is busily promoting vaping and oil production? It's another way to own the rights, so you lose your freedom. And for you seafood lovers, arsenic and methyl mercury is there too. And I'll discuss this, I think, in two months' time. Uh, It's probably the most relevant but untackled area of Prop 65 legislation. So you see, there's something for everyone on the list, and now we're run by legislators and litigators. There's little to stop draconian enforcement. Oh, and don't say I didn't warn you. You get what you ask for when you give up your rights to self-determine. We discussed the Bill of Rights, the Constitution, and the Declaration of Independence some time back as a blueprint to avoid overreaching government when America was formed. The Big Brother's coming. And from the end of World War II and the Codex Alimentarius that was drawn up by the Rothschilds, the Bilderbergers, and Rockefellers, The plan was for a new world order and centralised one world government, a totalitarian system. And if you think that sounds good, you should move to North Korea or China and see how you like it, rather than being complicit and ignorant of what you're demanding here by voting for the government to keep you safe. Well, like I said, Dr Raymond Peets and all that he works for and all that he publishes is freely available on his website, www.raypeet.com. Uh, we can also be reached uh, toll-free uh, Monday through Friday, 9 to 5, uh, WBM Herb, one wbm herb And uh, just to let you guys know as a heads up, uh, we won't be doing the show in August, but we'll be back in September. So we'll be back at the all-dawning end of the summer, and uh, we've barely just got through the middle of summer here to July the 21st, 2017. So thanks so much for listening, uh, and uh, we'll see you in two months. Good night.